Howdy! And welcome to episode 21 of season 2 of the FPL Jingle. Owen Kanhiri here and with me, for a change, is Stephen Meiselbach. How are you, Steve? I'm doing well, Owen. How are you? Spectacularly well. Would you believe that living in the southeast of Asia, where everything's super cheap and you're just having a good time, is enjoyable? Oh, you you left out the fact that you don't have to work. I don't have to work, which is probably the best bit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, some would say that's the whole. Nice. So some would say that's the main reason to go. Hmm. If you can save up enough, there's a lot of people here working online, working remotely. Which yeah, I think ba- Bali made a push to to like expats that they would get like tax breaks to try to live there. Um, you know, so like they could still earn like high salaries from like working in these companies in like Ireland, for example, or like the states, but like basically get no taxes, <laughs> um, and just put the money back into the economy, um, that way. So, yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Plus, I think like a lot of influencers and all that kind of shit go over there and do stuff, and I don't know, I'm not familiar with that side of things. A lot of big podcasters move over. <laughs> yeah. use their just big in terms of literal size screen. yeah if that's the case <laughs> I would agree with you physical size yeah big um, chunk but it's going quite well how are you since we last podcast Steve did you enjoy the Super Bowl and more importantly Rihanna's performance <laughs> uh, yeah no Super Bowl is probably one of the best ones that I've watched um, since I started watching them in around like 2007-2008 um yeah, like it was a pretty good game, came right down to the wire, although the penalty at the end gave the Chiefs a fresh set of downs so they could basically run out the clock was a bit of a uh, buzzkill. Um, but look, I mean, they, they did super well. Only one other team had come back from 10 points down at half, over 10 points down at halftime, and that was the Patriots against the Falcons in the 28-3 game. So shows you how... Um, how hard it is to come back from and win in that in that uh, situation. Um, but to touch on Rihanna's performance there, because I feel a bit less. Uh, what's the word for it? I feel I feel like I'm not as uh, able to comment on that. Um, I thought it was grand. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was grand. I thought she was spectacular. I thought she was the the diamond on that day. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that that is American football, though, isn't it? it uh, I suppose it's it's almost uh, computer driven. Some of the decisions that are made, and then then it's a, a very predictable conclusion. But uh, a, yeah, brilliant game up until that penalty decision. What did you think of the decision itself? I thought it was harsh. Um, considering that they had been let a, let a lot of it go before that in the game, I thought it was a bit surprising. But I mean, if you're to judge it by the letter of the law, it is a hold. Like he, the the player, the James Bradbury, the cornerback, has since come out and admitted that he did hold him, and he thought he was trying to get away with one. So mm. I mean, fair. I mean, fair play to him. I think that showed a lot of stones to come out and say that because he could have said nothing or he could have tried to criticize the refs, but he didn't do that. He owned up to it. Um, the guy that he held uh, then put out like a, a a tweet on Valentine's Day saying like. Um, making fun of him and i just thought it was in really poor taste because like (laughs) the wide receiver that that got won the penalty just wasn't very good and he 
without getting too much into it, like he was just kind of lucky to end up on the Chiefs. So yeah, it just was in poor taste, and I thought it made him, even though he won the Super Bowl, I thought it made him look like the bad guy, really. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a cocky kind of a thing, like like uh, oh, who was it? Your man that went for the haircut with the Champions League medal. Uh, Ryan Brewster. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it reminds me of that situation. But, great, uh, great way to link it back, though, and great way to link it back to real football. What a fantastic segue, and what a fantastic footballer doing his best at Sheffield, who did, you know who got him for pennies. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like twenty million. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not too he, sure. He he sunk Sheffield on his own. Um, but there you go. That's um, our lives in the NFL. Not very interesting, I don't think, Steve. No, no. Other than that, it's uh, it. I just sit in a room and wait until the the next round of fixtures start, and constantly stare at my team on a projector and a spreadsheet of m- memes for potential situations. Um, yeah, yeah. I have I have at least ten different folders for trying to cover every situation. You know, I I was actually talking to a couple, and we mentioned fantasy football. And he was talking about a guy in his work who has like spreadsheets where he he kind of wants to predict what players he needs for blank game weeks and who to captain and things like that. And I didn't want to say, well, yeah, I'm not. Really, I'm, to be honest, I'm not far behind that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd well, think, like what what sort of a madman could be that interested in fantasy football? <laughs> And then you kind of kept quiet and started like, like gently pulling your collar. Yeah, um, <laughs> you, <you're>, you're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You raise a good, a fun, an interesting point though. Owen is that at the end of last week's episode, you said that you weren't going to wildcard, and then after the recording, and I messaged you, you said you showed me a team that was completely different, almost, and you had in fact wildcarded. Yeah, I don't know. I, I went and looked at the team, and it, it kind of snowballed. Uh, yeah, I went a bit mad. I've so I should just quickly look at my team from last week. But yeah, I, I ended up making like nine changes. So I got mm. rid of. I had a lot to get rid of. I got rid of Malassia Walker. I got rid of Pope for money reasons. Kulusevski had to go. Got rid of Almiron, but then the fucker went and scored. I got rid of Ivan Tony for money reasons. Uh, Fulham's Andreas is gone. Nico Williams is gone. Uh, there was a big clear out. A lot mm. of lads gone. And I just got the inform guys at the moment. Uh, Kepa at Chelsea just because he's keep cheaper than Pope. And then so then I got a double Newcastle defence just to keep that. Ben White stayed. I got uh, Matoma, Saka and Rashford in midfield. Like Probably just the three most informed midfielders. Uh, in the defense, I got Kilman and Tarkowski because we mentioned they had decent runs. Um, and I'm hoping that Deitch actually does something with Everton. Everton Evan Ferguson came in to replace Ivan Tony just because money reasons. I realize that my team value is atrociously bad at the moment. It's it's 101 yeah. with 0.7 in the bank. But um, Okay, well, you have that 0.7 there, which isn't too bad. I, I'd say you're not far off my team. What's, mine, what's my team's valuation if I was to look at it? Um, 102.7 so you know like you're not too far off I mean mm. but uh, yeah that's like that's a lot of changes and just looking at it there um, on the sheet we have so you have 1, 2, 3, 4 uh, 5 
players that won't be uh, playing in game week 25. So you have Trippier and Byrne who won't be playing. They're on a blank. Matoma and Ferguson are on a blank. And Rashford is also on a blank. So you'll be bringing in Kilman and Tarkovsky for Trippier and Byrne probably. But then you're probably going to be a bit light in in midfield and up front. You're probably going to be down to a couple of men. Yeah, I suppose you get a transfer every week. So that'll bring me up to 10 uh, for week 25. But I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, well, I mean, Tarkovsky is on a double in week 25. They play mm. Arsenal in one of them. And I'm trying to pull it up here. Who's the other one? They play. Yeah. It's Aston Villa. So, um, yeah. at least you, you, at le- you, you kind of have that as well. In that you're gonna get the least appearance points in the two in the double. So it kind of makes up for um, missing one player. You know, obviously limited in your returns, but still better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, and and um, Kilman at Wolves will also have the double Kilman as well. Is, yeah, is also on the double. They're playing. Uh, their fixtures are tough as well I think they're playing Liverpool and um, who are they playing where are they sorry now Fulham second here very young it'll be uh, yeah away Fulham. To Fulham okay so that's kind of a that's kind of a, a mixed bag so you, mm. you take the Fulham game well um, happy with the wildcard though I ended up on 76 points it, it is a game week where the average is very high the average is 66 but I had mm-hmm. been rattling out a lot of average or under weeks for a while, so nice to, to clear the average comfortably and get a nice few green arrows um, that moves me up to overall 2.3 million. I don't know what I was last week. Was it was like 2.5 or something. I I think you weren't too far off where you are now. I think you were genu- generally around 2.3, so you probably crept just inside the 2.3 mm. number. Um, yeah, I had uh, the same score as you, actually. I had a 76. Um, similar enough, uh, I think it's actually a carbon copy midfield. Uh, Rashford, Saka, De Bruyne and Martinelli. Uh, Haaland and Kane and Mitrovic up top. Um, but there's... I don't know what to do with Mitrovic. Um, like, I ha- want, I have, I'm keeping him because of money reasons, but I'm wondering if it'd be better off um, getting rid of someone like Martinelli, maybe changing him to, like, Matoma, and then that would free up money for me to bring in uh ivan tony although brentford do have a blank in game week 25 um but so there's a little bit of tinkering to do i think there um what i might end up doing is i might end up just trying to waver out players who have a blank in my team who have a blank in game week 25 for players that have doubles um so maybe um for a week anyway wavering out like maybe, let's say I don't know maybe someone like Trippier for like Trent and seeing things like that so it's still a bit of a an idea in my head I haven't really mapped it out properly but that's kind of where my thinking is at right now but uh yeah 76 um kind of ver- around the two three point two million mark uh, for the game week but still just inside the 560 or sorry 570k mark so yeah, yeah, five, around five hundred thousand isn't bad. It's something to work on. Something to hopefully get, well, get up closer to that hundred thousand figure. I mean, like I set out, for, I set out uh, for inside the top million for myself at the start of the season. So you know, I'm pretty happy with how things are going at the moment. Anyway. Hmm. Very good. Um, 
So, yeah, very similar teams between us. I mean, like our defences are a bit different, but the, the some of the points turned out to be the exact same. And I had Matoma to match your Mitrovic's two. That's uh, those early informed boys at the moment. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned you would potentially bring in Trent on the double game week. It's kind of one of the questions we have coming up. But, uh, yeah, our, our opinion's changing around Liverpool. Like, we, we see they got the win, and we saw Jota was back from injury, and Gakpo scores. Uh, a lot of positives you could point out, but, but then again, you might just say, well, Everton were never going to win. Yeah, I think um, the problem that Liverpool have had is that they've kind of had these one-off performances, and especially in, like, in a derby game against Everton, you know, they're always probably kind of let emotion come into it a little bit and uh, get into the game that way. But then it's been trying to follow it up with consistency afterward. That's been the issue. Like Salah finally got back on the score sheet after what felt like a little bit of a drought. I don't, I'm not actually sure how many games it was. Might might not have even been that many, but it just feels like it. Um, For Salah, by his own standards. Uh, so, yeah, and then you had Gakpo finally getting his first goal for Liverpool after... Um a fair few games <laughs> and playing up top as well so um yeah you would have expected him to hit the ground a bit faster but look they're kind of he's off the mark now so like they have a tough game now away to newcastle which last season was tough but now this season it's it's even tougher especially considering newcastle are fighting for top four so that game is really going to tell how much um they've learned and how they really look um but then if you think about just to look go back to your question about Trent for the double game week Crystal Palace away and then Wolves at home Crystal Palace have looked pretty poor you have to say mm. um so far very toothless with um Wilfred Zaha out and Wolves at home while Wolves did p- p- give them a tough game in the FA Cup in an Anfield and took it to a replay like you know the, you I don't know I, I haven't really seen too much of Wolves uh, lately, um, Matthias Cunha, who they brought in in January, hasn't really done very much for them. Um, I think I don't even think he's really finishing games. They're kind of subbing him off after the sixty-minute mark. Uh, same, similar with kind of Pablo Saravia. He's kind of slowly finding his feet. So they're still lacking in goals a bit up top. Yeah, Wolves have, uh, have had a stinker of a season, really. Well, maybe not as bad as last season, where they couldn't score at all. But yeah, their their form the last few games they they have three wins in five. Uh, that that's a, certainly an uptick for them. They would have been looking at relegation if they didn't have those. But um, yeah, yeah, I I think that yeah, Liverpool are probably looking at those as winnable games, and if they can get some. Oh, of you form have going to there, Liverpool. They have to. Yeah. They're kind of. I mean, like I know that it's 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 stupid to call it a must-win game. Or must win games for 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 Liverpool. You usually just say that about teams that are trying to avoid relegation. But like, I mean, if Liverpool want to get near the European spots, those kind of are must win games, really. Jamie Carragher says that they're they're there. They're going to make it. Uh, Jamie would think that he is very. He's a very optimistic Liverpool pundit. So mm. I mean, look, they definitely could. Teams could start to die off a little bit in form, a little bit like Arsenal are doing, but. You know, they have to have the good form themselves to take advantage of that dip. Hmm. Um, I just want to look at the other fixtures before we talk about our bankers and outside pick from that week. Um, Chelsea and West Ham was a very predictable game. Fulham will be happy with the 2-0 over Forest. But Spurs, I don't know if you got eyes on this one, Steve. They got absolutely rattled by Leicester 4-1. 
Uh, very disappointing results no that was on the same time as the uh, Ireland France rugby match that I was watching and I didn't get a chance to see that one no (laughs) we could (laughs) we could we could talk about literally every single sport uh, except for the one that we're uh, we want we named the podcast after Um, maybe we'll make a game like just like fantasy sport and you just you have players (laughs) from multiple sports on your team we I mean, like, has has anyone thought of that? I mean, that could be a potential option. I mean, we we spreading ourselves a bit thin. I mean, how are you? How's your? What's your NHL knowledge like? Uh, I'm not very much into um, hedgehogs, so wouldn't be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of sold sold everyone on it. So, but yeah, look, this was kind of um, a, a a second game in a row where um, Leicester have scored four goals. Um, I didn't really see it coming that much, especially when they took the lead with Bentoncourt after like 14, 15 minutes. But I mean, they responded almost straight away and it kind of uh, were up 3-1 at halftime and you kind of thought that was game over. So, you know, um, Conte was also probably thinking that he had a a Champions League game midweek coming up that he might have wanted to rest players for. You know, took off Perisic and... um, Bentoncourt obviously has his torn ACL now, so he's out for the season, which I think is going to be a big miss for Spurs in that midfield. Mm. I think him and Hoiberg um, are a nice combination, but it's really Bentoncourt that keeps the things ticking over and keeps the, the ball moving. Um, but yeah, like it was just a good performance from Leicester. Like, Acho had another goal and an assist, Madison goal and an assist, Barron's goal. Like, these are players last season that you probably would almost definitely have had in your team at some stage, but yeah, they've just been too inconsistent with them this season. Like, you know, they're probably just going to finish in and around mid-table. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, we'll see how they go. Like, they got in um, your man Tete from uh, f- the Liga, and they brought in Harry Souter from Stoke, who had a decent World Cup for Australia, and it's just absolutely gigantic. Like, what's I, let's see if I can find out how tall he is here. Like, mm. 198 centimetres. Like, <laughs> you know, he's a Jesus. big lad. Talking about so, tall yeah. players, and I noticed that on the Chelsea bench they have the tallest Premier League player at the moment. Bergstrom, the subkeeper, is two meter, two meters and seven centimeters. But uh, it feels like just you know, as you were with Spurs. I mean, like they're they're just going to disappoint you left and right. It it makes it difficult picking up their players. I mean, Kane seems to be consistent enough, but like. Mm. I mean, there's no other player there that you really want, and you can't really depend on a clean sheet. And I know Conte is also terribly sick at the moment. He's he's just in Italy, not even managing the team. So, well, uh, he went to the team. He went with the team to the game that they had in the Champions League against AC Milan, and he managed that game. But he stayed behind afterward to get um, visit family and get a checkup on on his health. Yeah, yeah, gallbladder surgery. I think two weeks ago. So he what he missed the game that they won against um City. Man City. And then I think he also missed the Maybe. game against Leicester, but he was back for this game, but he decided to stay in Italy. Um look, I'm sure he got permission from the team. But you're right, Owen, that whole situation is just a bit awkward. Like his contract is running up in the summer. Apparently there's no talks to extend it, so he's gonna leave at the end of the season. He's already talked about how he wants to coach in Italy again. It kinda sounds like it's all heading the one direction. Um, and that's going to mean he's out the door. And you're you're right. Like apart from Kane, Son has been non-existent this season. Kulusevski hasn't been able to reproduce what he had when he came in in January last season. Um, 
I think it's confirmed because like... I think I think they've already they know that Kante won't be at Spurs next season. I think it's like the worst kept secret. I don't think it's been uh, made official. Um, like I'm, I, I, everyone's kind of just openly talking about it, but I mean the club hasn't released a statement on it. I don't think, uh, at least I haven't seen it anyway. But yeah, like you know, they, it, it kind of raises that question then of what do you do? Like, because he knows that regardless of where they finish in the league, he's gone. Like, so obviously you try and want you want to try and do as nice a job as you can, but you know, I mean, like how how invested are you really? Like at mm. the moment, they're they're a game. Um, they've played an extra game from Newcastle and sit uh, two points below behind them. So, uh, you know, it, it it's definitely in there for them if they want it. But I mean, you also look at the team below them and Brighton, who have two games in hand that are only four points behind. So, you could potentially be seeing Brighton going for like European football. So, it's they'll, just they'll I, I don't know what Spurs. Sure. I just don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I I feel like it's just as you were with Spurs. You know, they just disappoint you left and right. Uh, so you know, don't don't invest in anything not too funny. Uh, one last topic to discuss is Arsenal's disappointing run of form. I mean, like it's it's not even mm-hmm. that bad of a blip, but it's I think it's one point from nine, which is not very good for the title race. They do still have it in their own hands, uh, but they will mm-hmm. have to go and beat Man City now after that last result. So, uh, any any thoughts yeah, on it, I mean, Steve? Well, assuming that. Um... You're right, assuming Man City don't uh, make any further slip-ups um, like they might have done at the first half of the season. Um, yeah, it's like we're, we're going to have to get a result from the Eddie had. Um, like we talked about the result against Everton last week, I was never very confident coming into that one. The Brentford game, um, well, you could have argued that Brentford deserved a point from it. It's still a it's still a horrible decision or and uh, and still horrible refereeing. The VAR forgetting to draw the lines is borderline inexcusable, and that ref that that ref, um, I think was was uh, along with all the refs were uh, called to an emergency meeting by the H- Howard Webb, who's the head of the the PGMOL MOL, I think, yeah. Um, he w- he was relieved of his duties, I believe. Uh, well, see, there's another incident that happened in the Premier League at the weekend where um, a VAR official f- drew the wrong lines for the Crystal Palace and Brighton game, which ruled out a Brighton goal incorrectly. And that guy was supposed to take over the VAR officiating for the Man City Arsenal game, but ended up getting taken off of it. So it just shows you that, you know, even so the simple things. Yeah, well, I mean, it it just shows you that even the simple things like offsides that they should be getting correct are, are just not getting called right. And, like, look, I don't want to moan, like, you know, um, but it definitely is a, a decision that could definitely come down to the difference between winning and losing the title. But you have to say that Man City were the better team on the night. Um, Arsenal did well to respond after the goal. Tommy Asu with a terrible back pass. Um, but we got back into it. And we looked a stronger team at the end of the first half. City changed up their tactics a bit. Um, they brought on um, Ikanji from Ares and moved uh, Bernardo Silva back up to right wing and moved Akeo to left back. And they looked like a much more solid team. Uh, up until that point, Saka had been going at Bilva all night and was getting a decent bit of joy. 
Um, Martinelli was quiet. And then again, uh, bad um, sloppy ball from Gabriel. And then City just hit them on the counter and got the goal. And then we were trying to press for the equaliser and they got the third. It's just what City do. They're clinical. They take their chances when they're there. And yeah. yeah I was I was yeah. amazed at the possession stats. I think Arsenal had something like 64%. Yeah. I mean, like, like they had, yeah, 64% possession. You're right. But I mean, it's what you do with it, really. Like, we had chances. Like, Enketia had... Uh, I can think of at least two, if not three, clear-cut chances that he had to stick the ball in the net. And, you know, they own, like Erling Haaland only needed one, you know, and it, and for the third, and it killed the game. And it's just the, the, the difference, I think, was also just the squad, like, you know, Pep being able to rotate that squad a little bit more than Arteta. Arteta's had to stick with the same back, uh, same starting 11 pretty much all season. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if Trossard came in for the game against Aston Villa and Martinelli got a rest. He's been getting subbed off after the hour or the 70-75 minute mark in the last few games. So it might be something to just try and freshen it up a bit. Um, look, I, like I've said all along, if you told me at the start of the season that we'd have gotten Champions League football, I'd have been happy with that. I feel like we're just a, maybe just a small bit ahead of schedule in terms of like you know making mm. a proper uh, title run, but... I'm happy with how the team are going so far this season, overall. Very nice. Very politically finished. Uh, Bankers and outside picks from game week 23 before we take our commercial break. And not a bad little week for us, Steve. We even had called Haaland's triple. We haven't... uh, Yeah. (laughs) A triple, baby. Uh, Yeah, a goal (laughs) and two assists. They did, yeah, so they had the double week. So, I mean, maybe... Mm -hmm. Almost a disappointing return in a week where Man City scored six goals. Um, Saka got a goal and an assist. He, he got a penalty and assisted in the Brentford game. Was it? Who yeah, scored there? He got the assist. He got the assist for Trossard's goal in the Brentford game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm, Trossard will be interesting to discuss. Maybe we'll get to that after the break. Uh, Rashford mm. scored, and yeah, you certainly didn't predict Leicester's four-one defeat. Um, Kulusevski not returning in that one for you Steve and Joe Felix looked spicy enough for Chelsea at least in the first half they drew 1-1 with West Ham but he was you know the one decent player um, mm. I did watch that one I mean Mudrick looked nice um, Medweke looked harmless I thought I was, I was considering looking at the Chelsea players to pick up in fact the most interesting might have been Fernandez in the midfield he's actually really nice I'm amazed how yeah, quickly like he's, he's, a, he's become he, useful. He's a quality, pl- he's a quality player, but um, just to touch on Chelsea for a brief second, like it, like, and I heard someone describe this, and I thought it was very apt. They're a team of like basically superstars who've just been all thrown together, and they're not really going off of a structure. They're kind of just going, well, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm going to give the ball to this superstar who's going to try and do something with this other superstar, and we'll tr- hopefully create something that way. There's no like set plays or or routines that they're following they're just kind of going off of their own instinct which is why you're kind of seeing these kind of flashes of what potentially could happen but not nothing consistent that's kind of what i that's kind of my read on it as well and i thought it was a very good description of it and that's kind of what you're uh. i'm you saw with like felix and like enzo fernandez like you know i i, I don't know what do you think on i thought those two linked up really well I, I thought chelsea were kind of playing where they 
got the ball in their own half or kind of in their own third and broke ridiculously quickly. They did that really successfully all, all of the first half, had the ball in the net three times. I thought the Fernandez and Felix link was really nice. I thought Madweke didn't do much, uh, generally received the ball out in the right wing and, and was incapable of making a cross or an incisive pass. And I thought Modric looked nice. Maybe he acted a bit individually. Um, himself and Kukurea were out on that side. You didn't really see him produce that much, although Kukurea did put in a nice few crosses. I, I actually was extremely happy at the end of that game with how things were going with Chelsea. Because um, mm. I, I just, you and know, I mean, looked at the team. I mean, looked at the team and looked at the players that were there and who was actually making a difference. And, you know, like it wasn't your usual looking at Pulisic and Ziyech and saying, this hasn't been working for ages and they're still there. I, 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 I saw a lot of green shoots. I was I was actually quite quite happy with the you know the result obviously wasn't what we wanted it can never be what we wanted but I I'm I thought like Chelsea were really exciting to watch which they haven't been in ages so that was that was nice and then they went and lost in the Champions League against Borussia Dortmund yeah I mean like look that's not great I mean like the we 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 know where Chelsea are like I'll be honest I don't mm. expect us to to go on another brilliant Champions League run. Um, we've, like, no, even, I, I don't at, think the, so. You look at the team that even played that game; it's not as good a team as that that played West Ham. But I um, mean, listen, they they had a few, good few chances in that game too. Yeah, look, fair enough, I suppose. Um, like I'm just pulling up the team that they played, and yeah, like Koulibaly, uh Reese James, Thiago Silva, Koulibaly, Chilwell, Enzo, Loftus Cheek, Ziyech, Felix, Mudrik, Havertz. I mean, you'd argue, bar maybe Loftus Cheek and Koulibaly, you'd argue that's the starting eleven. But uh, certainly, uh, Z- Ziyech would be the the weakest link in that chain, I think. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, he was playing. He uh, maybe it was Maduake in the the West Ham game, but. I think you can make the case for him anyway. But look, anyway, that's uh, kind that's kind of Chelsea at the moment and how we both see it. But it'll be interesting to see how they get on. Will uh, Graham Potter be given the time to try and develop a, a play the play style that he was uh, famous for at Brighton, or or will they just decide to try and bring in a big superstar manager to manage all those personalities? Yeah, let's see how it goes. I, I think it's uh, trending in the right direction at the moment. So hope, hopefully they stick with it. I think they will. I mean, like they've, they've been saying publicly that they will for a while now. So hopefully that goes ahead. Uh, that's going to do it for Game Week 23. A little bit of a longer opening segment. We're going to take our commercial break and come back and try and predict what's going to happen next week poorly. And we're back. We're back for question time. Bankers and outside picks. Game week 24. Stephen, you told me over the interval that it's the most exciting game week this year, maybe. Yeah, like you're really um, putting me on the spot here, Owen, because I really (laughs) wanted to sell you Brentford Crystal Palace or such similar games as Brighton Fulham and Wolves Bournemouth. Uh, or the Titans of Everton taking on the Giants of Leeds, making them both seem normal sized. Uh, yeah, look, it's been, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a middle of the week or middle of the pack kind of game week. 
there's some important games in there for certain teams. Like that Everton Leeds game for both of those teams is massive, considering they're both trying to avoid relegation. Um, I mean, Southampton, I feels like they're pretty much resigned themselves to relegation right now. They still haven't got a manager in. The talks with Jesse Marsh broke down, although that's probably for the best. Um, Indeed. And then you've got the the big teams like City playing Nottingham Forest, uh, Newcastle playing Liverpool. Newcastle Liverpool is probably the pick of the bunch. Uh, Arsenal have Villa and the twelve thirty, and like you know, that's another potential banana skin with the early kickoff. But we'll see. Well, don't bet on the early kickoff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's we're coming to the business end now. You know, you you look at those teams around the relegation fight, and it's no longer oh, we should be feeling finishing mid table. It's more like well, we should be getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, like every game, and if, as has been for a while now, every game for Arsenal is, you know, if they don't, if they're not getting three points, it's a letdown. So, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of pressure with every game, even against the likes of Villa. But uh, you've put together a few questions for us for game week twenty-four, Steve. And we did talk mm. a little bit about Chelsea um, before yeah. the break, and we're talking about should we bring in their assets? Well, certainly in my draft league, they're all fucking gone. I can tell you that. Um, but in regular, are they worth looking at? And I, 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 I mean, I have Kepa. I have Kepa, and yeah, I, I can't, I, can't, I can't say I considered bringing in many others. I mean, Felix for his price to have up top. I mean, maybe he could replace Mitrovic. Yeah, it's a that's one potential option. I think the defense, the defense is definitely the place where you'd, you'd look anyway. If you've got Kepa. Uh, already, do you think about bringing in someone like um, like a Kukurea or a Badiashile or someone like that, a kind of cheaper type defender, um, but who's going to get solid minutes? Like if you look at their next like six fixtures, Southampton at home, Spurs away, Leeds at home, Leicester away, Everton at home, Villa at home. You know, so like what is a four out of those six are all at home against weaker opposition where you would really fancy them to get a result, if not a clean sheet as well. Yeah, we touched on it earlier. Felix is probably the main one that you're looking at for that team, just purely because I think he's the main spark. Havertz, as much as Chelsea play him up top, is not a striker. So mm. you're wondering where the the other where the goals are going to come from. Like Aubameyang's basically fallen out of favour with Potter. I don't think he's really even bothered in being included in the matchday squads anymore. Uh, Mount even now is kind of prone to rotation. Uh, Connor Gallagher, same one. Um, like there's just, there's just there's just so many options now in the midfield. It's hard to nail down a player who's guaranteed to start. Like, and even if they are guaranteed to start, they're not guaranteed to finish the game. Like Mudrick, since he's started against, since he came on against Liverpool, has started the games, but he's never finished them. So you know, it's just a it's a it's a weird one. Yeah. I, I would I would think Felix is the only option. Yeah, I mean like there's there's a few wingers there as options it and I and I do expect it's kinda of gonna be Mudrick and Midweke going forward. Um but yeah, Havertz is just not doing it. Uh, I, my only confidence would be in Felix. Like he's he's actually so much better than I anticipated. Um just hopefully that turns into a few more goals and assists. Um, yeah, like so it was yeah. interesting to see him go to Atletico Madrid, which I didn't think at the time was a great move for him because he seems to be a very like um, attacking player, and Atletico Madrid are a very defensive team that just like to hit on the counter, and it didn't really seem like it was a great fit, and I think that's kind of bore out over time. 
So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on the with the, with this season because I think if he does well, there will definitely be people going in for him with bids. Uh, Chelsea probably being one of them, but like Atletico Madrid are going to want a lot of money for him because they paid a lot of money for him not that long ago. So be inter- one to watch did, for the future anyway. But yeah. yeah, I did see an article there mentioning like a price of don't know why it was so exact 112 million and then then it was like oh but they might take less but yeah what that was a bit of a tabloid type uh thing i was reading there um so yeah felix and keppa i think could be fine out of that chelsea team and then you're taking a bit of a risk elsewhere uh so mm-hmm. we have the blank game week in 25 oh yeah yeah it's 25 yeah. has the blank and the double game week um, so your Newcastle and Brighton and who else? Who else is missing? Yeah, so on it's uh, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, and Man United who have blanks in game week twenty five, and the teams that have doubles are Arsenal, Everton, Wolves, and Liverpool. Um, so they will play each other. Like Arsenal will play Everton, and Wolves will play Liverpool as part of their double, and then like Arsenal have Leicester. Wolves have Fulham, uh, Everton have Aston Villa, and Liverpool have Palace. So, well described all of the uh, potential Thank you. happenings in game week twenty five, Steve. So, how how does one profit in a big way off of this week? Um, you look at Arsenal's double week, and it's it's good. It's Leicester and Everton. Uh, you look at Liverpool, they have Palace and Wolves. You'd think that would be an easy week if you did like Liverpool. Uh, hard to depend out of Everton and Wolves, but their opening fixtures aren't too bad. They're Fulham and Villa, but again, difficult to depend on them. Um, so, yeah, you said at the top of the pod they're bringing in Liverpool guys in particular, Trent. Um, and I'm tempted. I'm tempted. I will be. I will be swapping out maybe one Newcastle and one Brighton boy. So that might be... Might be a nice move. I think I think an Arsenal and a Liverpool player. Yeah, like I think that's it. It depends on the makeup of your of your team, but like if you have like three Newcastle players or three United players or um um someone from Brighton like Matoma or players like that, you're you're starting to look at phasing them out and if you're looking at phasing them out you probably want to phase them out for players that have doubles. So like you mentioned, Arsenal have decent fixtures coming up. Uh, Liverpool a little bit more as well like I mentioned earlier on do I potentially uh, transfer out maybe someone like Trippier for the the double game week in 25 especially seeing as he has a blank Um, Rashford you're probably going to just sit on your bench because the price difference to get him back afterwards would probably be a bit too much Um, and then yeah it's kind of like comes down to like the makeup of your own team but um, like I wouldn't be going after any Wolves players and doubles, or uh, Everton players and doubles. Anyway, even though I know you do have Tarkovsky, I also have Kilman. Um, we'll just wait until game week twenty five is over and see what you say then, Steve. All right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, talk to me when, you, when talk to me when you crack two million. Yeah. Um. No. <laughs> So captaining captaining Rashford is uh, a potential move that one could make. They have, as we mentioned, Leicester and is this it's a double game week for them coming up. Uh, for who Leicester? No, sorry, Rashford at Man United. No, no, 
They don't uh, have a double. They have the they have uh, just Leicester this week and then they have a blank next week. And you're thinking of captaining Marcus for the Leicester fixture. I'm just debating it, you know. I I thought it was worth mentioning because, like, having triple captained him not last weekend, the weekend before, and coming out with sixty points, I was thinking, is he is he a potential option? He can't stop scoring. Like we're we're, we're recording after the Barcelona game and. He got uh, Man United's first goal and then was the main component for the second one. It was a uh, well-worked um, bit of play after a quick corner and a cross into the box um, that was eventually turned in. So he's at the he's at the, the centre of everything that United are doing well. Like I, I can't remember how many games in a row it is he scored. And I know Haaland is back off the mark now and they do have uh, Nottingham Forest away, so... It probably is a bit of a new a mute point, like you're going to probably Captain Haaland, but I just thought it was worth the conversation of if you were behind in your leagues and you needed to try and make up a bit of differential, like it's not the worst idea. No, I mean like if if Haaland wasn't there it'd be Rashford, no doubt. Like he's he's uh, just so ridiculously in form. Like Kane he's 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 outpacing Kane at the moment, who you know, who's the next best. Um and I, I, I don't think I'd mess with the Haaland formula just yet. I think he's, uh, he's just prone to just fucking do something crazy. Like you know, you, you come out if you come out of a game and then Haaland scores two or three, like you don't even say that it was a surprise or anything. It just, just fucking happens. Who's going to finish the season on the most points between them? I expect it'll be Haaland. I think. Man United's shit hot run of form. Will it will it last? Maybe it will. Do we believe in Ten Hag ball? I think you're I slow think I, think I think you do. are slowly starting to see what he wants this team to be. And it'll be interesting to see with another transfer window in the summer who they get rid of and who they bring in as to how well they do. The only thing I would say is that in these next six fixtures they do have a tough enough run. They have the second toughest run in. We've talked about the Leicester at home. They had the blank in week 25. Then they have uh, Liverpool away. And then they have um, Southampton at home. All right, easy enough fixture. Then it's Brighton away, tough fixture. And then Newcastle away, tough fixture. So they're kind of, they had a nice run of it there. And it's kind of like coming towards the end of that now. So um, yeah, be interesting to see how they do. The next topic of conversation is Newcastle assets. Uh, I currently have a double defence after my wild card. Yeah, me included. Uh, yeah. Uh, Almiron would have been in a lot of teams until his bad spell. He might already be gone. But if not, probably time to be getting rid of him, given their unfortunate-looking run coming up that even a team as good as Newcastle might not survive. Yeah, look, I, I've I've uh, made it known that I, I've not a big I wasn't a big Almiron fan. I kind of didn't get on the bandwagon, and it's probably to my own detriment. But like you know, after the winter break ended, it was uh, nothing, 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 and then he got a goal last week. So you know, but uh, the reason I kind of bring it up more so is because of again their fixtures. If you look at it. Um, in their next four, they've got Liverpool away, they have a blank, then they have City, I think, at home, or is it away? Give me two seconds. It is away. 
<laughs> and then they have Wolves at home, so kind of yeah, they get an easy fixture after that. But like those are those are some tough um, tough fixtures. Three to, bad weeks to have the to to try and keep them for. You know, that's kind of the case I was making. Like if if you do have like uh, like Trippier or Almiron, like do you do you move for for the for the few weeks and then try and bring them back in? You know, it's not just a it's not just a one week thing. Like it it is a multiple week thing, which is kind of why I brought it up. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of brings a nice symmetry to the episode. I think that uh, chances are a lot of people will be getting rid of Newcastle players and bringing in double game week players or game week twenty five, and uh, to try to profit that way. I think that's the way a lot of moves are going to go this the, these coming two weeks, two three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did already speak about Liverpool there, the, given that they have their big double game week. Maybe, maybe a quick talk about what forward to get. Um, I, I, I don't think I'd be paying the premium for Salah. Uh, and then I'm unsure. Uh, is, is it Gakpo? Is, is it the back from injury Jota? Is it Darrow and Nunez? Uh, dif- difficult. Uh, it's difficult. I don't think it'll be Firmino anyway. So you're talking a, a front three that's probably going to be Salah on the right, and then Darwin and Gakpo or Jota. Um, I think Jota is still coming back from injury, so I don't think he's going to be starting games just yet. So I'd say it will be Gakpo and Darwin for the time being. But you know, it's just it's hard to say. Like neither of them has been in uh, inspiring form, um, and plus Gakpo is down in the game as a forward, or uh, sorry, not as a forward, as a midfielder. So, you know, he, he, you know, it's different how he fits in. But mm. um, um, if you are getting Salah, chances are you're dropping De Bruyne, mm. and I don't feel confident about that right now either. No, so no. that's a it's a tough one to solve, and and I'm not even gone on the Liverpool defense, so it's a difficult one. I mean, like I, I had Robertson and Salah in draft during the week they got me a nice 16 points between them but uh do i think that's gonna last no <laughs> yeah i know it's a tough one all right yeah. um it's it's tough to say like because yeah like the the, the game against newcastle is going to tell us a lot i'm probably going to hold off on on any sort of uh transfers until i see what happens in that game hmm. yeah it, it would be a statement win if they were to get one uh, I'll move us along to our bankers and outside picks for game week 23. Is game week 23 coming up or is it 24? It's 24. 24. It's 25. Yeah. Um, so, number one will be Erling Holland. Uh, he goes to Nottingham Forest, the city ground. I can only imagine a demolition job, unless it's a really rotated 11, I, which it might I be. I think it will be. I think after the game against mm. uh, Arsenal, it took a lot out of them, but I still think they'll have more than enough even in their second-string team to get a result. Absolutely. Harold Kane is going to come in at number two. <laughs> they play West Ham. That's not a straightforward... I don't like calling him Harold. Stop. Harold. That's, that's his name. I know, but I don't like it. Uh, yeah, look, they're playing. Um, how about Harrison Kane? West Ham at home, um, half four on the Sunday. Kind of feels like a feels like a good fixture for them. West Ham, I'll be well. I will admit are in a small bit of form. 
Like they had the draw against Chelsea, albeit they rolled their luck a bit. Susek probably hand probably handballed it. Should have been a penalty. Didn't get called. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go. Uh, Kane, yeah, will be the only returner that you'd you'd be putting any bit of money on in that fixture. And then Marcus Rashford in the best form of his career probably uh is going to take on Leicester they're they're just off the back of a 4-1 win at Spurs but it's not like Leicester to go through an extended run of form they'll they'll probably be choppy this could be a fixture that they'll get rattled in yeah Rashford again goal scorer can't stop scoring at the moment and Leicester uh, don't keep clean sheets even if they do win games so that's an easy one Who's your outside pick, Stephen, for this week? I've tried. I've tried to go outside, 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 and uh, so I've gone for Daniel Pedence, who at the moment isn't really making that many uh, starts at the moment. But I think that's kind of because he's got a little bit of an injury. But I think if you look at that forward line, like you have Sarabia there and Cunha there, they're 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 new. They're not really finding. They're not really hitting the ground running yet. So I think Pedence, with his experience, will come in if he's fit and I think against the Bournemouth team that they could get a result um, if he's not fit I've gone for my boy Matoma uh, at home to Fulham uh, I just think he's class <laughs> so that's kind of uh, that's kind of my professional opinion on that but yeah those are kind of my pick and backup pick if he isn't fit a really exciting watch Matoma he's a uh... Like, you know, like the Trosser has left Brighton and, and no one batted an eyelid no. because we're too focused on the spicy winger that they have there. Uh, I'm going to go with Sheffield's... Oh Jesus, Sheffield. <laughs> Brentford's, Brentford's forward, Brian. It's going to be Brian and Buemo. Uh I just have no confidence in Palace at the moment. Uh, obviously couldn't be picking Ivan Tony in an outside pick, so... A rare return for Brian Embuemo is what I'm going to predict for game week 24. I think um, Palace are just going to shit the bed. I did take a quick look at Brentford's form. I think they haven't lost in five games yet. They have two draws and three wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see themselves in eighth uh, on 34 points. Like, what's that? Five points outside of Europa League. I, they're not going to get that, but uh, I was surprised to see how well they're going. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how Mbwemo goes because if I look back in the previous weeks, week 19, goal and an assist, blank, blank, goal and an assist, blank. So will it be another blank and then another goal and an assist or will he actually manage to do something? be interesting to see. It'll be a massive return for Brian. A quick look at the draft, Steve, before we, we call it for a day. Oh, all right. I feel like I can't double job it on. I feel like because I'm focusing on regular as much as I am that my draft team is suffering. But I also think look at the the waiver wire situation and think there's not much I can do here. Like, you know, the, the players that are available in my league are not great. I picked up Joe Felix um, ahead of last weekend, which I think was a shrewd move, but he hasn't really. Um, but he didn't help me get the win anyway. So I have a front line of Kane, Joe Felix, and Callum Wilson, which I think is pretty okay in draft. But like midfield, but Bilva hasn't done anything. Odegaard's cooled off. Kulusevski again hasn't really done much. Matoma is going well, but I mean, you know, you can't be relying on him for that much. I do have double Newcastle defense, but as we mentioned, there you have a blank coming up. So I'm a bit nervous about that. And then. 
I have a couple of City boys who are prone to rotation, but Perisic again, and in a in a in a Spurs team where you're not sure what's going to go on, so uh, it's all a little bit shaky at the moment, and uh, it's probably reflected in my form. But I'm hopefully going to turn it around against Paddy, that bastard. Who did you take on this week? I think it was a comfortable. Oh win. no, I took on Mark, and and he beat me, um, by about ten, I oh. think it was about ten points. So I oh, I had a terrible week, so I'm I'm not gonna hide it. I'm not gonna run away from it. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully I can turn it around. Um, yeah, I think it's amazing what one week of draft can make you feel about the game. Uh, if one bad loss is is fairly heartbreaking, um, and one good win is pretty nice. I got a one point win over Cahill Connolly, the ignorant fucking con. Fucking hell. Uh, beat him well. Yeah, I don't like Cahill. Yeah, it's obvious. Um. Bally's changed you, man. But, yeah, it has. Like, I, I, it was a very fortunate win. Solly March with a ten pointer, uh, six from Inketia, five from Martinelli. I suppose they were on the double game week. I got sixteen out of the Liverpool boys, Robertson and Salah. And what I'm happy about is the fact that I less one, but still had seventeen points on the bench. Ivan Tony, Jared Bowen, who for a long time has been on thin ice with my team. Mm. Um, uh, Joel Ward there got a three pointer. Uh, he had one more than Riza Belaga. I, I like it's it's a week where I kind of feel good, like that that things went okay. I'm happy to see Kukurea on my team. Like I think there isn't too many. What would you call them? There isn't too much dead weight in the team at the moment. Maybe you could call Kulazewski that. Could be someone who who would be nice to get a trade for. Um. But yeah, a nice week, nice win. Uh, I, th- I think I'm only three points outside the the playoff positions, so I just need to get like two, three wins together, and, and I'll be in there. Yeah, that uh, need probably a little bit to go your draft. way. The, the league has kind of gone a bit topsy turvy this season, in that the regulars bar all bar maybe one or two, um, who you'd expect to see are out are aren't really there. Like yourself, uh, yourself and Paddy, the last couple of winners, um not in the playoff mm. spots and like you know like newcomers like herbert um more or less i'd say probably guaranteed a playoff spot and then you have cahill in there and john and connor skiing and it's all just a bit uh it's all just a bit mad but it's nice it's good it's fun like no it's not <laughs> well for me as commissioner <laughs> i have to say that i can't turn around and call the league shite <laughs> yeah. when i'm in charge of it <laughs> Why aren't people having fun? I specifically requested it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what was the last thing I was going to say? What game week is the cutoff for playoffs? That was something I was interested in. How many weeks have we left before it's like, we'll be out in the wilderness? So I need to think. I think it's like 34 because 35 is going to be the first round, then 36 and 37 and 38. So it's all going to be basically um, knockouts. It's going to be one round. It's not going to be over two legs, and it's going to be mo- and it's more like I, I I explained all this to you at the start of the season. But it's going to be seven teams making the playoffs. First gets a bye, and then second place, seventh, etc., etc. And then obviously the first then plays the weakest seed of who comes through those fixtures and then you kind of go into quarterfinals, semifinals, finals sort of thing. 
telling you, it's 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 hotting up. That's that's ten game weeks we have so to make our playoff position. Uh, and yeah, it'll be interesting. And of course, then and there's the FA Cup, which is uh, which is Mitch against Herbert. Herbert's uh, on for a potential double and a potential treble if he ends up winning out in the, in Europe. Although I don't. I don't think he's in the lead at the moment, but sure, there's still two more weeks to go in Europe, so it's all to play for. I'm telling you, it's, it's fantasy football does not get better than this. Yeah, I explained, I explained to a guy, uh, and on the skiing trip, um, the fantasy football and how all the all, everything that we have set up for it, and he was like. Oh my god, you guys put so much effort into it. <laughs> I just kind of stood back for a second. I was like, "Yeah, we actually kind of do, don't we?" <laughs> like it's it's all a bit mad to keep track of. <laughs> yeah, but it's not weird. Like it's not weird. No, no. To go back to your conversation no. with your man in Bali, it's not weird at all, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, on that note, I think I'm going to call it. I think we'll end this podcast. Yeah. Well, for today, everything has to end at some stage. It won't be gone. For- we won't be gone for long. We'll be back for game week 24, so, or game week 25 even, so don't worry. We won't be too far away. No, just a phone call away. <laughs> I'll put Owen's number so, in the podcast description. You can give him a ring whenever. No. <laughs> um, so, there are other means of communicating with the podcasters. You can do so using Discord. That'll be linked in the podcast description. You can see the website, fpljingle.com. Or you can get us on Twitter. That's at the FPL Jingle. Goodbye for now. Best of luck, everyone. <laughs>